6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Amen. I'm only going to read AV. I'm only going to read just Deuteronomy, and I'll read the other passage later on. So you don't have to put the other passage up. Let me just read Deuteronomy just for the intro this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 14 through 18, the word of the Lord says, Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are around you. Straightforward. If you are serving the right God, don't be going after gods of people that you know. If your God is the right God, no need for you to begin to go after the gods of the people that you know. Somehow we get talked into serving other people's gods. Somehow we get we we get, we 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 find ourselves serving other people's God. All the people around us, they 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 worship their God so good, make you say, "Ooh, I need to know their God." Guess what? We don't say it like that, but our actions are saying that. Verse fifteen says, "For the Lord thy God is a oh Lord have mercy." He is a jealous God among you. Lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against thee and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. Ye shall not tempt. That word the attempt means test. You shall not test the Lord your God as you have tested him in Massa. I will tell you about that as we go through the scriptures today. They test the Lord. And some of us may have been tested the Lord and didn't know. 17, ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he had commanded thee. And thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest go in and possess the good land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers. Somebody say, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. We've entitled this message today, Who is your God? Who is your God? (laughs) Ask your neighbor, who's your God? Ask your other neighbor, who is your God? Mm. I mean, you can also ask them, what is your God? Uh, You can go ahead and ask that too. What is your God? They probably didn't answer you when you said, who is your God? So ask them, what is your God? Mm. Listen to me carefully this morning. The first law established... Between creator and creature, meaning God and man, is that the Lord is God and man whom he has created shall not have any other gods. So, in case you don't understand what I'm saying here today, when God decided to create... The first rule 
the first law, the first order he establishes, if I'm going to create, I'm going to be your God. And you can't have any other God beside me because no other God created you. So God is wanting us to know here today that you don't really have a choice but to make sure he is your God because anything else never created you. Whatever you create, you become a God to it. Don't count your children in that because you didn't create them. God, God, God is the one. Don't get crazy now. I heard somebody like, oh, I'm a God over my child. No, you're not a God over your children. Life came from God. And so anytime life comes, it's because God made sure life come. But we make the example of saying, listen, the dude that, that, that created the Ford, Henry Ford, Ford Automobile, he is like the God of the Ford because he knows everything about the Ford. He's no longer living, but we're just saying. He knows everything about the Ford. He knows every little thing you can think of about the automobile. Anything that's wrong, he knows exactly what it is right away because he created it. And that's the law, that's the rule just in regular living that whoever creates something rules that something. Nobody else can know more about that something that that person creates other than the creator of that thing. So it doesn't stop with God. He started it, but that's just how things are. So God is letting us know he created us. And because he created us, he is our God. And we should have no other God. We should have no other gods. Nothing should be our God. No individual should be our God because they did not create us. Now you got to get that in your spirit to say God is my creator. Therefore, he must be my God. My creator is my God. Unless you don't believe God created you. But I believe God created me. And I'm telling you this morning, my creator is my God. Disregarding this law that your creator must be your God makes one unproductive and your life meaningless. When you disregard this law that your creator is your God, your life becomes unproductive and meaningless. Preacher, how can you say that? I'll help you. Because... Only your creator know what you was created for. Only your creator know what you were brought here to do. And so if you try to live without the knowledge of your creator, then what you were really made to do, it doesn't matter anymore. You become unproductive and your life is meaningless because what you were created to do, you're not doing. I love action movies and the first Jason Bourne, right? That was Bourne Identity. That was the first one, right? And I remember when, they, when, when Jason Bourne and the guy that created the program for him, when they met face-to-face, the guy said to Jason Bourne, 
you are a $250 million malfunctioning machine. Trust me, they got that stuff going on in this world. Y'all might think it's just a movie. That's the thing about movies. When you watch a movie, just understand things are going on, and that's why they're making the movie to let you know this goes on. And so the government do have people that are hitmen that do things like Jason Bourne do. And so what happened was when Jason Bourne decided to stop carrying out their missions, they say, you're a malfunctioning machine. Because they created him to carry out their mission. God created us to carry out his mission. Oh, help me somebody. And so we were created for purpose. But only God knows that purpose. We are created for the mission that God created us for. And we need to know that. And the only way we can know it is by being subservient to the creator. Listen to me. The devil is working hard all around you trying to get you to deny the true and living God. Jesus Christ himself. He's working hard. He wants you to deny who the true and living God really is. He's working hard trying to get you to rebel against the true and living God. The devil is not playing games with you because he's working hard to try to get you to ignore the true and living God. He wants you to ignore your creator. He wants you to ignore your purpose. He wants you to go astray and abandon your purpose. And the only way you will know your purpose is to know your God. We are doing so many things in our life and I don't know how often we stop and say, what does this mean anyway? What am I supposed to be doing? I I can tell you this sometimes. uh, There's so many unfulfilled desires in our life. There's so much unfulfillment in our life because we're trying to do what we think looks good or what we should do or what everybody else is doing. And when we get done, we're still unfulfilled. You know why? Whatever you're doing it never came from your creator it never came uh, the instructions wasn't given to you uh, by your creator you started doing uh, what you saw somebody else doing uh, you started doing uh, what you felt like doing but it never came uh, from the God that created you so you're walking around unfulfilled you're walking around frustrated you're walking around wondering and you're walking around getting upset and angry and sometimes you even get mad at God and some of us don't go to church and some of us say I don't believe why? because you won't submit to your God and ask him why am I here? why am I walking around? why am I feeling like this? and you're getting angry at him without even going to him with a conversation? You're getting upset with God. You're mad at church. You're mad at everything. And you never stop to go to the one who's responsible. Don't get mad at the preacher. Don't get mad at the church. Go to the one who's responsible for you. The creator of your soul. The one that breathed breath into your life. And you became a living soul. Go to the one that says, I'm your God. Go to him and says, if you are my God, then what must I do? Jesus, help us today. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says... In verse 14, ye shall not go 
after other gods. Of the gods of people which are round about you. Hmm. Can I tell you what's the latest thing? I watch the latest movements because I'm just wrapped up in Jesus. I'm not telling you I'm, I'm, I'm the best Christian. I'm not telling you that I got it all under control. I don't. But one thing I do know is I'm, I'm locked in and just that's all I know. That's all I'm going to do is live for God. I don't have anything else to do. That's all I'm going to do. And so everything I do, everything I see, first thing going on my mind is, what do you think about this, Jesus? And one of the things I see a whole lot of now is, and, and I know social media have a lot to do with that, but one of the things I see is we, we're doing a whole lot about, not everybody, but somebody, we're doing a whole lot about um, events. And, and we like to say, here's what I'm doing. And, and, and here is what, 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 what makes you acceptable. And here is the things that are important. And so we saying this is what's important. This is what I'm doing. And we say these things because that's what everybody is doing. Can I give you one? Don't get upset with me. Just let me preach to you. And then after a while, you will see what I'm, where I'm trying to take. I'm trying to help you this morning. I used to always, I, I get on my wife's case because I don't do this. But we started doing this because of uh, what we call it? Um, social media. And so we would post on the beach in the Bahamas. Don't, 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 don't get that. Just, just, just work with me. On the beach in the Bahamas. Nothing wrong with being on the beach in the Bahamas. But then next week, somebody else posts on the beach, in the Keys. Then the next week, somebody say, Switzerland. Then the next week, somebody say, Australia. And I'm watching, I'm like, I can't keep up now. Because once somebody posts something about what they're doing, somebody got to post about topping them. Oh, y'all don't want to talk to me now. Oh, Lord. What am I trying to tell you? We're taking up other people's gods. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And so if their God is, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to see this and I'm going to see that. If that's their God, why are you taking that God up to? Mm. Don't get upset with me. Don't get upset. I'm just, I'm just preaching to you to help you understand who is your God. That's what you got to ask yourself. Who is my God? And I'm not going to make anybody else God my God. If your thing is you like to travel, that don't mean I got to like to travel too. You travel. I ain't got to travel if, I, if that's not my thing. And then after a while, oh, God help me. Let me, let me go back to this. Let me go back to this. Let me go back to this. So we're not supposed to go after other people's God. We must not seek or feel after or search out to make other people's God our God. We must not give the homage which is due to God Almighty to anything else in our life. Okay. What made us start establishing other gods in our life? What made us start establishing other gods in our life? It's very important. How did that come about? Back in the day, it was all about gods. Today, 
It's about all the different religion. I'd rather live in a day where we're battling about God. You know why? Because I just know who my God is. Elijah showed people up that didn't have the right God. That, hey, you see this God over here, the Almighty, that he can do great things. So, so when it's all about, let's compare who have the real God, I like that. But religion can be deceptive. Because this religion over here took a little bit of this. And so everybody got a little bit of everything working. And so people are saying, what's right and what's wrong? So it becomes really challenging when you're dealing with different religions. But when you're talking about who God is really God, oh man, that's pretty clear. We know who the Almighty God is. And so, how did we get to a place to start establishing other gods in our life? Listen to me carefully. Back in the Old Testament times, it seems like gods were established to people establish gods in their life according to what they were afraid of or what they took immense pleasure in. Listen to me. People established gods back in the day. Whatever they made their god, it was something that they were either afraid of or something they took immense pleasure in. That's how they established God. So, so if you read deeply, they had names, but let me just tell you what they represent. They had gods of sexuality. They had gods of fertility. They had gods of death. They had gods of storms. They had all kind of gods. So if they were afraid of storms, guess what? They made a, a god of storms. So guess what? They, we don't have to worry about it. And if, if a woman wasn't fertile, they had to have a god that makes you fertile. So the, the woman would go to this god that makes would make her fertile. So they named God. They established gods in back in the day according to whatever they were, they were fearful of. Or what they took pleasure in. We like to talk about the people in the Old Testament. We're no different. <laughs> oh man, they're crazy. If I was back in the day, I wouldn't even do that. You're doing it right now. You're doing it right now. You're making gods uh, off of things that you are fearful of. You're making gods out of things that you take pleasure in. Uh, so you're wondering, what is he talking about? Is he talking about me bowing before a statue or an idol? No, I'm not talking about that. Are there people doing that? Yes, but what I'm talking about is things and people that we have made gods in our life uh, that we're bowing down to uh, and we don't realize uh, they are gods in our life. Uh, and maybe we're not standing before an idol and worshiping that idol, but we're bowing to a whole lot of things in our life. We're bowing. We're bowing. Oh, I'm so fearful. Some people are fearful to be poor. So you know what you do? You work a whole lot of one and two and three jobs. Or or you're working overtime. Or you're doing this because you don't want to be poor. So guess what? Poor poverty becomes your God. You're so afraid to be poor and broke. You do whatever you got to do to get money. Guess what? I'm not even looking at the money. It's you being afraid of being poor. That's your God. The God of being poor. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Then, then we got the people that, that, that they're worried about, you know... Oh man, I just want to have a good time. And you want to enjoy stuff. And so you done made, you know, whatever you enjoy, you made that your God. That's what you're bowing to. And whatever you have to do to get that, that's what you do. That's the kind of God we're talking about. We're not talking about idols. 
I think we're so intellectual and intelligent. We, 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 we're not literally bowing before idols and statues anymore, but we're bowing before people and things. That's what we're bound before, and we've made them gods. When they control your life, God is supposed to control your life. When those things control your life, when you can't help yourself, but you got to always do it. When you know you have to do it, and you're saying, I don't want to do it, but you keep doing it, you know what that means? It's just like I told you this morning, as, as, as I began to praise God, whether I felt like doing it or not, I just found myself just praising God. You know why? He is my God, and I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to praise Him whether I feel like it or not. I'm going to honor Him whether I feel like it or not. And if I do that to God, I have no business doing that to anything else, because I only serve one God and his name is Jesus. I only serve one God and his name is Jesus. I am not bowing to no other gods. You can't serve two masters, three masters, four masters. There's only one God and him alone should be served. So we're serving gods out of fear. We're serving gods out of pleasure. If we take immense pleasure in things, it causes us to begin to serve that pleasure. Who is your God? What is your God? Look closely in your life. What are you doing that you feel like you just can't stop doing? Where are you going that you feel like you can't just stop going? How are you living that you feel like you can't just stop living? Because the only situation or the only one that should be controlling you like that is your creator. Your creator should be the only one that's controlling your every move. Your creator should be the only one that you will praise and pray to and bow to even when you don't feel like it. Only your creator. There should not be anything else or anyone else that you're bowing to, uh, that you're paying homage to. Uh, only your creator because he's the only true and living God. Who is your God? Remember what I said when I first started talking to you. The first law established is that the creator is God of his creation. God is the creator of people, which means God is the God of people. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16 says, For the Lord thy God is jealous. God's got a little bit of issue with the way we're living our life. Anything that gets more time than God in your life, God is jealous. Anything that you're treating like you should treat God, God is jealous. Any way you're living your life that you should be living for God, God is jealous. We have... Situations, ladies, if some of you want to be honest, I know some of you are going to try to be tough, but some of you can be honest with me. But you know, if you married to a man, you don't expect for him to treat any woman like he treats you. 
Okay, some of you was honest, right? <laughs> he, he's not supposed to treat any other woman like he treats you. Isn't that right? Okay, so why are we treating other things the way we should be treating God? How does that work? How does that work? How does that work? We get up in the morning, we text before we pray. Come on, somebody, talk to me. We get up in the morning and we just start checking the weather. We start texting people and we start doing emails. In the morning when we wake up, you're paying that more attention. You're paying homage to that over God. Some of us sleep with our phones. It's right under the pillow. Every time it vibrates, every time it jerks, oh, we're slipping from under the pillow. Can't get a good night's sleep. We come to work tired. We come to school tired. We come to church tired because the cell phone was under the pillow. It's vibrating. It's Saturday night. Uh, and somebody texting you or calling you or FaceTiming you. Uh, and you come to church tired. Who is your God? Who is your God? I need to find out who is your God. Is it the cell phone? Who is your God? Is it the people on the other side of the cell phone? Who is your God? Uh, God wants to know this morning, who is your God? You need to look at your life and ask yourself, who is your God? What are you doing? Who are you spending your time with? Who are you committing yourself to? Who are you paying homage to? Who is your God? And God wants you to know, uh, how dare you make the cell phone your God uh, when the cell phone never existed uh, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. There was no cell phone. How you going to make something your God uh, that just came into existence? We're, we're worshiping things. We're treating things that God gave us the mind to create. And we're worshiping those things like they're gods. God says, I'm a jealous God. He's a jealous God. And whatever you're giving more time to, I don't care if it's your husband. I don't care if it's your wife. I don't care if it's your children. I'm not even going to go down the cell phone route no more. But anything you think is all that important that you give them more time than God, God is jealous. He said, they didn't create you. I created you. I, I've been keeping you. You could have died a long time ago, and I just blocked that. You could have been shot a long time ago, and I defended that. When you was in the hospital, I was right there with you, and I kept you. When you didn't feel good in your body, I was the one that touched your body. When you were down and out, and you felt lonely, I was there with you. When you were hurting, I was there with you. And you're making other things your God? You could have died in your sins a long time ago. You could have not had this opportunity to be here today, to surrender to God. But he kept you through the whole time. And you want to serve other gods? Some years ago, what was this? Probably 1999. I was, I was getting, I was, I was growing in God, 1999. I was growing in God. And I had three jobs. Typical Jamaican, right? <laughs> I had three jobs. I worked in toll booths on the weekends. I was working my day job. And I was a waiter. Three jobs. The waiter job I worked... I worked four days a week, well, five days a week from 4.30 
to 10 o'clock. I probably brought in five, $600 a week doing that, just that schedule right there. The toll bridge, I think I was making about $11 at that time an hour. And then the job, the day job that I was working from, from 8 to 4.30, that job was paying me $8.25 an hour. Then that time came where God was pulling on my heart. I had a choice which one of the jobs I was going to give up. The restaurant business, Mother's Day, you got to work. Every holiday, you got to work. Um, it just doesn't give you a life because when, when, when you're waiting on tables, you know, everybody coming, you wait on them. So your life is just a mess because you don't work on normal hours with it, like everybody else. So that's not good. And then I had the toll job that was on the weekend. I'm just like, if I'm going to really live for God, the toll job and the restaurant job has to go. And so I decided to keep the job that's paying me $8.25 an hour. Hmm. I'm still working that job today, and I'm not making $8.25 an hour. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you how it worked, that, that, that when things start overtaking your life and start choking out God out of your life, you have to stop and make a decision and say, who is my God? Is it my job? Is it money? Who is my God? Is it, is it society? Is it the way that I live? Is it the way I present myself? Is that my God? Or is the almighty God the creator my God? I had to make a decision. I made a decision for $8.25. I said, Lord, have mercy. What did I do? But God has been good to me. That job has been great to me. I've been there for 22 years now. Probably been promoted. I can't even count how many times I've been promoted. Six or seven times. The other day, um, I was supposed to get laid off. And they said to me, Wayne, we're not laying you off. I said, well, what are you going to have me do? They said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? Don't I need a, don't I need a job description? Do I need to do something? They said, we just, we're, we'll figure it out. Just keep coming. Just, 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 just know you're working. And they're still paying my same salary. And they said, just come to the corporate office two times a week. I said, okay, all right. And so I go to corporate office. I, I feel so bad sometimes. I go three times a week and they don't tell me. I'm just telling you. I'm just like, this is crazy. I just feel like. What am I supposed to do? They're paying me full salary and only really require me to work two days a week. Now, every once in a while, they pop up on another day or another day and says, hey, we got a special project. Can you go to New York? Can you do this? But for the most part, eh, most weeks, I'm working two days a week at the corporate office and don't even do a lot of work there either. $8.25 22 years ago. I'm just telling you how it go. That's why I can preach today about Jesus is my God. There's only one God. And I'm going to serve him and him only. Because I've watched him how he has done things. He is great and wonderful and mighty. He is powerful. And I'm going to serve him. I'm bowing to him. I'm worshiping him. I'm praising him. And nothing else or no one else will be my God. Ask your neighbor, who is your God? I'm almost there. Deuteronomy 6.16, And ye shall not tempt the Lord your God, as you have tempted him in Massa. The word tempt means to test. How did they test God at Massa? Exodus chapter 17. Watch this. Because some of us is going to say, whoa. Exodus chapter 17, verse 1. This is how they tempted God. 
and all the congregation, somebody say all the congregation, that means the church, of the children of Israel journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journey according to the commandment of the Lord and pitched in Rephidim. And there was no water for the people to drink. Wherefore, the people did chide with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. And Moses said unto them, Why chide ye with me? Wherefore do you tempt, do you test the Lord? Point something out to you. You give me a hard time, you're messing with God. Just thought I'd throw that in because that made me feel good. You mess with me, you're really messing with God. You're not really messing with me. Verse 3 says, and the people thirst there for water. And the people, what did they do? Uh-oh, they murmured against Moses and said, wherefore is this? That thou has brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst. Let me just slide this in real quick. Whatever I'm preaching to you and trying to tell you, I'm not trying to kill you. Whatever I'm saying to you, I'm not trying to kill you. God is trying to bring you out of Egypt. God is trying to take you someplace and he's telling me how to lead the way. I'm not trying to kill you. When I tell you this is what we need to do, when I tell you this is our requirement, when I tell you all this, I'm not trying to kill you. I'm trying to lead you to where God wants you to go. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to make you die of thirst. I'm not trying to do anything other than lead you to where God, your God, wants you to be. Yeah, that's what they, they, they was... They had a problem there. Verse 4, and Moses, this is what I do. And Moses cried unto the Lord saying, what shall I do unto your people, this people? (laughs) God, I don't know what to do. (laughs) Oh, they be almost ready to stone me. Don't stone me. And the Lord said unto Moses, he didn't say it to the congregation. He said it unto Moses. Why God ain't talking to me? Pastor, act like he's the only one God talked to. No, God talked to all of us. But when it comes down to the leadership of God's church, he will talk to the leader. Go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod wherewith thou smotest the river. Take in thine hand and go. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. Wherever God is sending us, he's already there. Somebody get that. You don't have to worry about a thing where I'm trying to get you to go because God is there waiting for you. Wherever he's taking you, he's already there. So be of good courage. Be comforted and know wherever I'm going as I travel in my journey with the Lord, he's already there. As well as he's with me while I'm traveling. Because that's the kind of God we serve. He's with you and he's ahead of you. He's behind you and he's with you. He's already there and he's traveling with you. So just be of good courage. Behold, I will stand before thee there upon the rock in Horeb. And thou shalt smite the rock and there shall come out water out of it, 
that the people may drink, and Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. I don't know if you know the story well, but God told Moses, this was the first time. When the people was thirsty, he says, go smite the rock, and water will come out so the people can drink. But there was a second time, and that second time was in Numbers chapter 20, verse 8 through 12, when God told Moses, go speak to the rock, and water will flow out. And you know what Moses did? Moses smote the rock twice. And that's when the Lord says, you're coming home. This is why you don't have to worry about me. Because I'm smart enough to know if God did that with Moses, for every preacher that abused God's people or don't show godly example to the people, God will straighten him or her out. Ain't no preacher going to take advantage of you. Sooner or later, God will bring them down and say, you didn't die for them. You didn't create them. I created them and I'm their God and I'm going to tell you what to do. And if you don't do what I tell you, I'm removing you out of the way because I am their God. Not you, Moses. Not you, preacher man. Not you, preacher woman. I, the almighty God who created them, is their God. You better not mess with my people. I know that very well. <laughs> Stay out of God's way. And so you don't have to worry about the preacher when he's messing up. That's why you can come to church and, and, and whatever you don't like, you just say, Lord, help my heart to stay right and give me guidance in the word of God. Because God's going to take care of whatever is not right. You don't have to worry about it. Verse 7 says, and he called the name of the place Master. Now you see the scripture come together. And Meribah. So because of the chiding of the children of Israel and because they tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us? Or not. Because they did that, God had an issue with them. Let me tell you this. Complaining about your situation, what you don't have, what you need, what God is not doing. When you complain about that, God has a problem. Yes. Yes. When you're complaining. Listen. Listen. Because if God is your God, why would you complain about something that you don't have? Because God can take care of anything that you need. So if you find yourself complaining, then guess what? You have to ask yourself, who is my God? I remember the Apostle Paul had a thorn in his side. He said, Remove this three times. Three times he went to the Lord and removed it. And the Lord said, uh-uh. I didn't hear Paul complain. He didn't, he didn't keep complaining. Man, God, I prayed three times and asked you to remove this thing. And you ain't moved. I didn't hear him complaining. Because God is his God. And when God is your God, when you go to him, you don't go to him complaining. You go to him making a request. You go to him asking. You go to him petitioning through prayer. God, and when you get done praying and you pray in faith, it's up to him what he's going to do. You're not God. God is God. And sometimes we think when we go to God and we make a request that now we're waiting. God has to do it. Are you God? God don't have to do nothing. But we keep thinking he got to do something. No, he doesn't. You don't know everything, and he knows everything. And he knows, maybe if I do this, not maybe, he knows, if I do this, you're going to do this. It's like trying to play chess with somebody that knows everything. Stanley, right? It's like playing chess, and they just know everything. They know every move you will make, and know everything about your, your, how you think. You can't beat that person. So that's your life with God. He knows everything about you. So when you pray and ask God to do something and he says no or he doesn't answer it, just chill. Don't complain.
has a problem with that complaining stuff. Because when you complain, what you're saying is, God ain't really my God. And he's probably saying, you're right. You, your own God. Go ahead. Because you think everything you want, you're supposed to have. So if you think that, then you, are, you already admit that you are your own God. If the Almighty God is your God, He wants you to diligently keep His commandments and testimony and His statutes which He had commanded. He wants us to do what is right and well in His sight, that the things may be well with us. God wants things to be well with us. And so, how does things become well with us? When we obey Him. You want things to be well? When we obey him. So we obey God and things will be well with us. When things are not well and we're always, you know, like being tossed like a chaff in the wind or the waves at the sea. When things are going on like that, it means somewhere along the line we step out of disobedience. I can, let me explain something to you. We can be going through some stuff in life, some challenges that God allow. And if you're being obedient to God, you will know I'm good. I can go through a storm, and if I know that it's a storm that God allowed to come and it's nothing that I did wrong, I'm good. But when you don't feel like you did something right, now you're getting uncomfortable. Now you're getting antsy, like, oh, you know, because you know I wasn't shooting straight the whole time. And so now you're wondering, I wonder, is it because I did this, why this is happening? And now you're uncomfortable. Oh, but if you want to be well with God and you want to have the peace of God, just obey him. And if the storm comes, you just say, storm, God must allow you to come my way. So I'm okay. As a matter of fact, you know what I've seen God do in my life? I felt like when the storm came and the sea rise and, and, and the waves started just flowing, I felt like he put me on top of the waves. Brother Bob, I felt like I was on top of the waves and while the sea was rough and going like that, I felt like I was surfing on top of the waves. I was surfing on my problems. I was surfing on my situations. I was surfing on all the things that was going on. Why? Because God allowed it to come and God is going to see to it that I'm okay. Oh, listen to me. I will tell you how good God is. You remember the three Hebrew boys when they got thrown in a fiery furnace? Guess what? They just kept walking and that fire while it seemed like it was hot, God cool that fire and God started walking in the fire with them that fire was supposed to burn them and destroy them but God was in it with them when you are with God and God is with you, nothing, no situation no circumstance no fiery furnace no flood, no storm can stop you and destroy you because God is with you who is your God I ain't serving no other God. This dude is a bad dude. This dude can do exceeding and abundant. This dude is all powerful and all knowing. God is my God. Who is your God? And so I close with this. We need to get rid. We need to dethrone some of the things that we've made a God in our life. I'm giving you a chance today. Not me, I shouldn't say that. God has given you a chance today to get rid and dethrone some things that you made gods in your life. God wants you to forget about that thing that you fear so much. Listen, don't you worry about the things that has been fearful to you. Today is your day to confront your fear, confront the fearful things because God is with you. And God is going to allow you to overcome the things that you're trying to protect and defend because you're fearful. Amen. 
I don't want that to happen. I don't want that getting out. I don't want people to see me that way. God is here to tell you today, don't you worry about a thing. God, when he calls you, he will do some things in your in, 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 in your life. Listen, when God calls you to him, he changes your name. And if God changed my name once, he can change it two times. He can change it three times. What do you mean by that, preacher? When God calls you and you begin to follow God, the way people used to see you and think of you changes. But sometimes, for some of us, we get weak. Sometimes situations pull us in the wrong direction and then we fall. And then we start doing things that is not pleasing unto God. And God is saying, didn't I do it the first time? Don't you worry about what's going on in your life. You, you just forget about that fearful thing. You come at me and I will make sure your name is good the second time. I will make sure your name is good the third time. God is a name changer. And if you mess up once or twice, he can always straighten that out three times, four times. You just got to stop saying, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm fearful of this. Stop being fearful of things because it doesn't matter. God will make sure your name is changed. And when people think of you, they're going to think in a different manner because of what God will do in your life. You know what I pray sometimes to God? I say, God, let my latter life be greater than my former. I'm telling you all how I pray. I love, listen, I say, God, you know everything. You're all powerful. And I thank you for what you've done in my life so far. But I want my latter years to be more powerful, to be greater than my yesteryears. I want today and next week and next year to be greater than what I've ever done in my life. You know why I pray that? Because I know God can do that. Remember the other thing I told you that I pray? I told him on Thursday night. I tell you today just so you will understand. In God's way of doing things, his mercy rejoiceth or triumph over his judgment. So what that means is God is quicker to show mercy than judge. That's what it meant. So here is how I pray sometimes now. Everything we do that God said we shouldn't do, we will be judged for it. God can't change that. So whatever you do wrong, there's the judgment that will come. And we don't know how that all works. Things just happen, okay? So don't even worry about it what's going on. Just know that everything we do in disobedience to God, God will judge us. But here's how that works. When you go to God, God, yesterday, I messed up, I did this. And I know your judgment must take place. However, I know you are merciful. In your judgment, God, be merciful to me. You see how you pray? You see when God is your God, how you approach him? So I know I messed up, but God, in your judgment of dealing with me, can you please be merciful to me? Because I know you are a merciful God, and that's how you approach God in that way. And you will understand, this is why you don't have to worry about anything. Don't let nothing else be your God. Don't let nothing else rule over you, because God can do what needs to be done. You just got to open up and trust him. You just got to allow him. Him to work in your life, which means you just got to give yourself to him. Don't hold back anything from God because God will do a work in your life that you can't even imagine. You got to know who God is and know that the Bible says he can do exceeding and abundant above whatever we can ask. Here's a powerful one or think. So what that means is sometimes I'm thinking about what I think God needs to do and God is saying my thoughts is not your thoughts. Right? What, what you're thinking right now, I I can go above that ten times. So don't even worry about it. I don't even bother thinking sometimes. I just say, God, you are God. 
Because if I think, I will limit myself. Oh, oh God help us. If you start thinking, uh, you're going to limit yourself. Uh, because God says, ask and it shall be given. Uh, and if I ask in a limited way, I'm going to get limited given. Uh, but if I just say, God, uh, let it be done in your way. Uh, let it be exceeding uh, and abundant uh, above whatever I can ask or think. Then God uh, will overwhelm me. Then God uh, will overshadow me. Uh, I'm not going to limit what God can do in my life. And so I close with this. God wants to help us today, somebody. God, God already made himself your God. You just got to accept him as your God. You got to treat him like he is your God. We have, to, we, have to, we have to put these gods aside. We have to just, 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 just dethrone these gods in our life. We need to crush the heads of the gods in our life. We need to pray verbally and confess these gods. God, social media, I dethrone you in the name of Jesus Christ. I crushed you because you will never have any more authority over me and rule me like you are my God. You're not my God, social media. I dethrone you in the name of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is my God and that's who I will submit to and that's who I will give all my time to and that's who I will pay homage to. That's who I will talk to when I wake up first thing in the morning, not my phone in the name of Jesus Christ. And then sometimes you need to just go on a fast, go on a three-day fast and just, and, and just say, no food. I'm just going to drink water if possible. No food for three days. I'm just going to drink water and I'm just going to keep my mind on Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast and I'm going to call upon the name of the Lord so I can be free from the things that I'm trying to get free from. Here we go. We're done. We're done. Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 8, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. The devil, I didn't say God, the devil. Verse 9, the devil said unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. We had a conversation. Many of us have conversation about different things. But I'm going to tell you this. The entertainment industry. The devil might not have come to people verbally like this. But he has made this same proposal to many people in the entertainment industry. You want me to read it for you? Verse 9. All these things will I give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. I will give you fame. I will give you money. I will let people recognize you as the greatest artist ever. I will let your movie be the number one in the, in the, in the, in the, in the industry for a whole month. You just fall down and worship me and I will give you all of that stuff. You don't think that's real? He tried it with Jesus, the almighty God. If you will fall down and worship me, I will give you this stuff. He's still doing it today. If you will worship me, I will make you this. If you will worship me, I will make you that. And he knows just what's in your heart that you want. He knows what you're wanting deep down in your heart. And he's going to come alongside you, whether using an individual or putting a thought in your mind. If you would just fall down and worship me, if you will follow after me, I will make sure you become this. I will make sure you have this. He's still doing it today. Verse 10 
Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. If Jesus is your God, you would fall down and worship him. Because even the devil know what worship is. The devil was in heaven where they worshiped God. So the devil know what worship is. So you know what? You can learn something from the devil this morning. Ha! Tell the devil, I got you, Satan. Because the devil said to Jesus, if you will fall down and worship me. Where did he learn that from? In heaven. Because the angels bow before God and worship God. And so today, we can learn something from Satan and say, oh, Satan, you want us to bow down and fall down and worship you. You're crazy. We're going to bow down and fall down and worship the King of Kings and worship the Lord of Lords. That's who we will bow down and fall down and serve. But the point is, pay attention to bow down and fall down and worship. We need to make sure we understand what worship is all about and who we're supposed to worship. The devil knows about worship. And so the devil tried to trick the Almighty God that came in person, came in flesh and said, Will you bow down and worship? When we worship God, listen, here's a secret that you don't know. When you worship God, you know, you know the scripture that says, I can do all things through Christ? If you're not worshiping God, you can't do all things through Christ. Here's how we do all things through Christ. When we worship Christ, whatever you worship empowers you. If you worship music, music empowers you. Remember, Satan says, I will give you all these things. So Satan have control of all the things that are not of God. So if you will fall down and worship and worship something that's not God, the devil will empower that to be whatever it needs to be in your life. And you'll feel like you're all supernatural, all powerful. Because you're being empowered by what you're bowing down to. You're being empowered by whatever you're worshiping. So whatever you worship, whatever you bow down to, if it's your lifestyle, if it's, if it's your pleasure, if it's your fear, whatever you bow down to, it controls you. Whatever you bow down to controls you. Whatever you that's why God says you should have no other God but me. Because he understands what you do to your God is bow and worship. And whatever you bow down to and worship has control over you. You want God to have control over your life? Bow down and worship God. And he will empower you so you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So we must bow down and worship the true and living God. His name is Jesus. We have to bow down and worship him so he can empower us. We have to make sure he's our God and serve him and him only. That's the other part. The scripture says, and you must serve him. It says, worship the Lord and serve him. And so I'm finishing here. How do you serve God? How do you serve God? If, if Jesus is your God, you have to serve him. You don't have a choice. That's the word of God, isn't it? It says, it says, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Amen. How do you serve God? <laughs> How do you serve God? You serve God by doing service unto God. So, 
Let me show you how simple that is. It's just as simple as, here's a bottle of water, Bob. God bless you. I just serve God. I did not do that unto myself. This is what the Bible says. Whatever you do in word and in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord. Our lifestyle is supposed to be propelled, or we supposed to be compelled by doing things to please God. This is why we will treat each other right. This is why we will love one another because whatever we're doing, we're not doing it because I'm trying to get you on my side. I'm not doing it to try to get you to like me. I'm doing it because I am serving the Lord. That's how we serve the Lord. When we treat people right. When we do good things for people. You don't do it for recognition. You don't do it so people will like you. You're doing it because you're saying, God, I want to please you. And then if Bob wanted to be mean and said, I don't want that reverend. Get that out of my face. Guess what? I should not be offended. Oh, I should not be offended. Why? Because I did it unto the Lord. I didn't do it to get his favor. I didn't do it for him to like me. I did it unto the Lord. So if he don't treat me nice after I do something for him, I'm not offended. Oh, whenever you get offended, what people do when you do something for them, you did it for yourself. Stand with me. Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24 says this. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve you, serve ye the Lord. So put away the gods that you served before you got saved. Put away the gods that your grandmom and granddad might have served before you got saved. Put them away. 15 says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. Huh, I like that. I, I, I kind of identify with that. Because I might say some things to you that you're going to like, man, that's just too much. Nobody have to do that to go to heaven. Hear me? There's sometimes we sit back and we say, don't nobody have to do that to go to heaven. The preacher tell you something, hey, I got to do that to go to heaven. If you're serving the Lord, what, what, what difference does it make? Right? What difference does it make if you're serving the Lord? And so Joshua says, and if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods, small g-o-d-s, which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me. You can go a lot of ways. Let me mess with um, Barry real quick before we get out of here. Barry says, it's just me and my dogs. Yes, it's still you and your house. Because, you know, God will refer your physical house that you live in. He can refer that or he can refer you in this house. Your body. Your body is the temple. And so as for you and this body. 
Oh, somebody help me. As for you and this temple, you will serve the Lord. You and this body, everything, all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, you will serve the Lord. So when you say, as for me and my body, we will bow down before him. As for me and my body, we will give him honor. As for me and my house. Uh, verse 17 says, For the Lord our God, listen to this, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. Anytime you see Egypt, it just means brought you out of sin. Brought you, brought you out of serving false gods. So God has brought us all here this morning. He brought us out of serving false God. All of us have backgrounds of stuff that we have done. Some of us may still be dabbing a little bit. But, but all of us have some things that we have done that we were doing. We were faithful to them and God brought us out of it. And so we must realize that God brought us out from the house of bondage. When you were living outside of God, when you was living in that world and living how you want, you were in bondage. You know what's funny? Let me just throw this in real quick as I'm done. We think coming to church and serving the Lord is in is bondage. Somehow we have allowed that, oh man, we, that, you go to church, you got to do all of that. Man, I want to just live my life. The, the, the devil deceived you on that. Because remember what we started out saying. The creator is the God of what he created. And you can only really experience true liberty and freedom when you surrender or submit to your creator. And so many of us think that, listen, I'm just going to live my life and do what I want, and that's freedom. I ain't going to that church and trying to do this and try to do that. That's bondage. The devil has made us believe that. And I worry. I am so concerned that when Jesus Christ finally show up on that last day and you realize you're not going to heaven, what you're going to think then? What you're going to think then when he shows up and you're not going to heaven? You think you were free? Or the people that you see ascending was free? Who was really free? As a matter of fact, I heard this in one of our classes. Listen to this. This is important why I'm saying it. You know what we get deceived about, don't really understand? Any place where there's no law, there's chaos. Unrest. War. Go over to some of the places in Africa. They have taken over, overthrown government. Why? No law. Law makes us free, but we think law puts us in bondage. I give you a good example, easy example. When you leave here today, if that traffic light out there is not working, what do you think is going to happen? But if it's working, it's all smooth and all in order. The laws of God make you free and keep order in your life. <laughs> the devil made us for too long think that going to church and doing church stuff is what keeps us bound. You need to overthrow that God too. Because there's a God that's telling you church controls your life. Church got too much going on. Overthrow that God. 
Because when you follow the Almighty God, the one that created you, you will be free. You will experience liberty. You'll experience blessings in your life if you will just follow the true and living God. Just for a moment, if you want to come out your seat and come forth, or you want to stay where you are and just bow your heads, you need to overthrow your God and just for a moment, worship the true and living God. How do we worship God? If we want to get on our knees and, and just and just bow, if we want to lift our hands and just worship, if we want to lay down and just worship, we need to worship God to make sure you leave here today knowing God, the creator, is my God. Not me, not me, because sometimes we made ourselves, we make ourselves gods. So you do what you want. When you do what God wants as opposed to what you want, you now allow God to be God in your life. Father, in the name of Jesus, move on the hearts of your people now by your spirit. Your word has gone forth. And you said, Lord, your word will not go out and return unto you void. Now that your word has gone out, Lord God, will you do a great supernatural work in the life, in the heart, in the mind of every individual in this room under the sound of my voice? That God, they will dethrone all gods in their life. If that God include themselves, that they will dethrone themselves. And that, God, they will bow before you today and they will worship you today. Oh, I've read in the word of God where it says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. God, I don't want to bow when I'm forced to. I don't want to bow when I have to. Because when I'm forced to or have to, it may be too late. But today I bow on my own. I, Lord God, surrender my life to you because you are my maker. You are my creator. You are my God. You are my ruler. You are my father. You are my king. Lord, you are ruler in my life. And today I just want to thank you for making me free. I just want to thank you for your laws and thank you for your spirit and thank you, oh God, for all you are doing in my life, in this church, Lord God. Today, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that somebody today will not leave this place the same way, but that, Lord, the power and the spirit of God will cause change to take place in our life. That somebody that has never given their life to you, they will humbly surrender today and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you that you may have dominion and rule. I confess that you are my God. I, Lord God, just begin to just, begin to just let the Lord know that he is your God. Oh, will you worship him? Will you serve him? Will you bow down before him and allow him to do whatever he desires? He is the creator and you are the creature. And if you will trust him today, he will allow you to experience true liberty. He will allow you to experience the goodness of God. Somebody in the house today, will you hear what God is saying? Will you receive it right now? Will you say, God, I receive your word? Will you say, God, I will become a doer of your word and not just a hearer of your word? Lord, will you mend broken hearts? Oh God, will you heal the sick? Oh God, will you strengthen the weary? Oh God, will you 
empower those that need empowered by your spirit. Uh, for Lord, we can do nothing without you. Uh, somebody, will you remember, you have to do something for God to do what he said he would do. Uh, you have to respond to God. Uh, for God uh, to do what he said he would do. Uh, for you to experience what God wants. Uh, you have to respond. Uh, you have to say, God, uh, here I am. Uh, somebody has to say, God, I give my life to you. Uh, somebody has to say, God, uh, I want you to be my God. Uh, I will serve you. Uh, I will worship you. Uh, I will obey you uh, because you are my God. Uh, oh, I will not bow to any other God. Uh, I will not serve any other God, uh, but I will serve the Lord God Almighty. His name is Jesus the Christ. Uh, oh, God, have your way today. Uh, will you sweep over your people as they begin to cry out to you, uh, as they begin to call upon your name, Lord God? Uh, will you rescue today uh, as they begin to call upon you, Lord God? Uh, will you sustain? Uh, will you help? Will you heal? Uh, will you make whole, oh God? Uh, for Lord, we cannot make it without you. Uh, we cannot make it without you. Uh, you are our God. Uh, you are our King. Uh, you are our sustainer. Oh, and you are Jehovah Jireh. When we surrender to you, uh, you are our God who will provide. Uh, somebody cry out to him right now. Uh, somebody call upon the name of the Lord right now. Uh, somebody cry out to him uh, and express yourself. Uh, let God become your everything. Uh, let God be the source of everything. Uh, he is the one that has given you life. Uh, he is the one that has kept you. Uh, let God become your everything today. Uh, don't walk out of this place today uh, without allowing God uh, to do something in your life. Uh, without saying, God, uh, you are my God. Don't you worry about what the critics may say. They have their God. Don't you be intimidated by other people because they have their God. You be bold enough to say, you have your God and I've got my God. My God, his name is Jesus. My God is the King of Kings. My God is the Lord of Lords. And he reigns. He rules. And he is all powerful. You've got your God. I've got my God. I have chosen this day that Jesus Christ is my God. And Jesus Christ is my Lord. You have your God. I got my God. Somebody needs to be bold. Somebody needs to be proud of their God. Because he is the true and living God. He is the only wise God. Besides him, there is no Savior. Besides him, there is no other deliverer. He is the true and living God. He is the God of all gods. He is the King of all kings. He is the ruler of everything. And I praise him today. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Somebody honor him in this place today. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want somebody to give him praise. I want somebody to honor him today. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Will you make him your God today? Will you make him your ruler today? Will you surrender to him today and give your life to him? Lord, set him free and save her. I pray the power of God will keep you and constrain you in righteousness. God will order her steps. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch her body and make her body whole. 
touch her body and make her body whole. From the crown of her head to the sole of her feet, I pray healing and wholeness. I pray deliverance. I pray salvation. By the power, by the power of the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, and by the authority of your word, be whole, be healed, be delivered in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, we bless your name. We bless your name. We bless your name. We give you honor, Lord God. We give you honor. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless your name. We bless your name. We love you, Jesus. One more time, will somebody just love the Lord? Will somebody just love the Lord? He wants to do great things in your life. He wants to do amazing things in your life. You just have to trust him today. Let him have the rule. And when you don't feel like doing what he's telling you to do, do it anyhow. That's what you do when you surrender your life and say, God, you are my God. You do it when you don't feel like it and you do it when you feel like it. You just got to surrender to him. And when you don't want to.